Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Welcome to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. The Life Study of the Bible was a more than 20-year labor by Witness Lee that began in 1974. Today, you're going to hear portions of those original recorded messages. Ron Kangas has joined us again. Today, as once more, we are exploring the Book of Romans in our current life study. Welcome to the program again today, Ron. I'm always glad to be here. For the benefit of some of our listeners that have not been with us from the beginning of the life study of Romans, Witness Lee initially went through the book sequentially, touching the high points in each of the 16 chapters. But now he is coming back and revisiting several of the crucial topics in more detail, And this portion of chapter 7 and 8 certainly qualifies as one of the most crucial for the experience of the believers, doesn't it, Ron? We are approaching now, especially as we're heading into chapter 8, at not only the heart of the book of Romans, but in a very real sense, the heart of the divine revelation in the New Testament concerning the believer's experience of the triune God as their life, so that they may live as sons of God, to be members of the body of Christ, which is then expressed as local churches. It's a blessing to be the recipient of the messages on these chapters. Thanks, Ron. When we touched this portion of Romans 7 and 8 in a recent program, we got the largest number of calls that we've ever had on any one of our programs, which I think bears out the fact that probably we all find ourselves in this condition from time to time, and many believers are stuck there for years and years. So we really hope that this is a freeing and liberating word that we're going to touch today. Let's join Witness Lee with this life study from the book of Romans. We have come to the most deep, most meaningful, (coughs) crucial points. In all these verses, I would say three crucial words are repeatedly mentioned. Number one, the word law. Number two, the word life. And number three, Death, law, life, and death. We all have to realize, even scientifically speaking, these three things are the hardest things for the scientist to explain. Who could define life? Could you? Could you tell me any university, any kind of a prominent, famous professor 
that can explain to you what is life. Not only life, even this ugly thing, death, is a hard thing to explain. What is death? It's hard to explain. You may think death is somewhat too abstract, but in the Bible, death is very concrete. Why? Revelation chapter 20 says, death eventually will be cast into the lake of fire. The first thing which will be cast into the lake of fire is Satan. And follow him, you have Hades. And this proves how Satan is a solid person and how Hades is a solid place, this matter of death should be also something solid. Then, of course, we all know the matter of love is a profound thing. The thing that surprises me is that 2,000 years ago, Paul the Apostle understood the matter of love. If you look into it, firstly, it denotes the Ten Commandments of God, the law of God. But Paul says, mm -hmm, in my mind, there is a law. What is this? And he says also, there is the law of sin and of death. What is this? Not only so, you also have the law of the spirit of life. Yeah, yeah. The law and life are good enough for us to be troubled. <laughs> now, he put also the spirit, three in one, the law of the spirit of life. You just tell me, what is this? The law of the spirit and the life. Three in one. Not only so, it seems that now you have four laws already. The law of God. The law in my mind, number two. Number three, the law of sin and of death. And number four, the law of the spirit of life. Just four. Everybody's here, right? Okay, Ron, let's stop right there. The first time through Romans, on the life study of the Bible, we touch these four laws that are mentioned in chapters 7 and 8. To really understand this portion of Scripture, we need to be clear that there are two different types or kinds of law. Review these types for us again, Ron, and identify which of the four laws falls into which category. Okay, the first category is unique because it is the law of God embodied in the Ten Commandments. So this is the holy and righteous law given by the holy and righteous God. That's the law of God. But then we have the second category of law, which is related to different kinds of life. We may see later that every kind of life has an organic law that governs its operation. Plants do, animals do, humans do. So we see what Paul calls 
the law of the mind, which is the law of good. That's the law related to that God created human life. And then there is the law of evil, which is the functioning of sin in our flesh. And that also has a law. Paul calls it the law of sin and death in Romans 8, 2. So that is an evil life with an evil law. Then we have the law of the spirit of life mentioned in Romans 8, 2. That is the most powerful law, immeasurably more powerful than the law of good in the created human life, more powerful than the law of sin and death. So here we have the two categories, objectively, the law, the commandments given by God, and then laws related to life, human life, satanic life, divine life. Thanks, Ron, for going through that all again. To really get into Paul's thought, we really need to understand the frame from which Paul was speaking, and this was very helpful. Let's go back to Witness Lee now for more of our life study of Romans. This morning, I wish to tell you, you have another law. Have you ever heard? Well, let me point out to you. I kept this precious verse away from you. I did it purposely. I give you all the verses that cover the four laws, the law of God, the law in the man, the law of sin and of death, the law of the spirit of life. But I didn't give you another hidden law, which is hidden in verse 21. Let us read 21. I find then the law dead. Then what? That whenever I will to do good, the evil is present. This is the law dead. That whenever I will to do good, evil is present. The law here surely is a principle. That is, whenever I tried to do good, evil was present. No need for me to send a cable to say, evil, please come, I'm going to do good. No need for me to have a telephone call. I find then the law that at my willing to do the good, the evil is present with me. Here is such a principle. Well, have you ever realized that in this universe, even on this earth, there is such a law, such a principle? If you don't try to do good, <laughs> the evil is not present. This is a law. If you don't try to love others, hatred never comes. Whenever you say, I am going to love my father, mm -hmm, hatred is here. If you don't make up your mind not to lose your temper, temper is not here. But whenever you say, from now on, I will never <laughs> lose my temper. <laughs> <laughs> your temper right away is here. 
Have you found out this? You tell me what can law is this? Is this the law of God? No. Is this the law in our mind? No. Is this the law in our members? No. Is this the law of the spirit of life? No. Then what can law is this? We all have to realize there is such a law with the human kind. That is, if you don't try to do good, evil may not be present. Whenever you try to do good, evil is present. When I discovered there was such a law, I said to myself, man, you shouldn't be any more that stupid. Don't try to do good. You met read through verse 21 of chapter 7 of Romans. You never saw mile. Besides these four laws, there's another one. A law that help the Lord not to try to do good. Have you ever prayed this way? Okay, Ron, let's fellowship about this. Just as we are starting to get clear about these four laws, here comes another one, the law that. Ron, considering this experience that's common to all of us, that just the thought or the intention to do good often seems to trigger this fifth law, comment on this little prayer that Witness Lee suggested, Lord, help me not to try to do good. So the law that refers to what always happens when we try by self-effort to be good and to avoid evil and negative things. For example, a brother is bothered by something or someone, his temper is stirred up, but he sets himself not to lose his temper. He will be calm. He will be respectful. Well, the law that is this. As soon as you set yourself to try by your own natural energy to do good, that activates another power in your being, the law of sin and death. If you didn't try in yourself to do good, but simply walked according to the Spirit and allowed Christ to live in you, the law of that would have no place. But whenever we try in ourselves to do good, that activates this law. And Paul was just immersed in this. He wanted to be good, but then he ended up doing evil because this was the consequence of trying to do good all by ourselves that stirs up the evil law, and the result is the opposite of what we hoped for in the example we gave, instead of being peaceful and calm, the man loses his temper and embarrasses himself. It is a great light and a great deliverance to be released from the law that and simply to experience and enjoy Christ as life. Ron, I really appreciate your word. I've been there so many times myself, and sometimes there's a trap that you can fall into because you make it once or twice, but the law will eventually get you. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of this very helpful life study. Strictly speaking, 
I'm only on three laws. The law of good in our mind and the law of sin in our members and the law of life. So you have three laws. The law of good, the law of evil, and the law of life. Now we all have to see as far as the matter of person goes, there are only three beings in this universe. The divine person, the evil person, Satan, and the human person. Three persons here. Triangular situation. God, man, and Satan. Now, every person has a life. The divine person has the divine life. And the human person has the human life. And the evil person has the evil life. And our human life was not merely born of our parents. Our human life was even the more created by God. But after creation, something happened to man. Man got fallen. The fall was that the evil life was injected into our body. This satanic evil person got into man's body. By this, the evil life is in our flesh. So today, regardless a gentleman or a bank robber, as long as he is a man, he has two lives, a human life and a satanic life. The human life is good. The satanic life is evil. This is why all people can be and also is two persons. Sometimes this professor is really a gentleman. But sometimes the same professor is more evil than the bank robber. Even you yourself. As a husband in the morning, ah, you are just a lovely husband. But at noontime, you would be worse as what? Worse as a devil. Why? Because you have two lives. Who can deny? But praise the Lord, our history didn't stop here. We were created, no doubt about this, and we were fallen, yes, but hallelujah, and other things transpired. That is, we were saved. And we all know to be saved is to be regenerated. To be regenerated means to be born again. That means to be born of God. So hallelujah. We all have to say, God has been born into us. Now, we have, praise the Lord, another person. 
the third person, which is the divine person that has come into our spirit. So we have the third life. Maya, a Christian, ever real Christian, has three persons with three lives. We all have to realize every life has a law. Every life has a law. If there is a life, there is a law. Every life has a law. Amen. Now, how many lives do we have? Three. We have three lives. So what? So we have three lives. Now, we see. If we are genuine, whatever we do, whatever we be, whatever we say, that is a matter of the law. Now, <laughs> Whatever eventually we would be, it depends upon what life we will live by. If we live by our human life, the human law works. But the human life is the weakest. So its law is the most fragile because there is another law, which is stronger. The satanic life's law that is stronger than the law of our human life. But hallelujah, we have another law that is the strongest. The law of the spirit of life. This is the strongest. When we live by the divine life right now, the law of this life, which is strongest, would work. So it frees you from all kind of trouble. Ron, I think that this last portion really holds a key for us, not only in understanding this passage of Scripture, but also to experience the freedom that the Apostle Paul mentions. Comment, Ron, if you would, on the principle that every type of life has its own law. Okay, the full picture is this. By God's creation, we are tripartite beings. We have a spirit, the human spirit, we are a soul, and we have a body. So we are the person by creation living in our soul. But Satan as sin has injected himself into the body, making it the flesh. So there's this other person living in us. In addition, by the Lord's grace, we have been regenerated, born of God in our spirit. So now we have Christ dwelling in our spirit, three persons. We ourself in the soul, Satan as sin in our flesh, and Christ as the spirit in our spirit. Now it immediately follows that with each of the three persons, there is a particular life. So with the soul, the natural human life, there's the law of good, where just by nature we like to be kind, to be caring, to be loving, to be helpful. And children can be trained to be like this because of the law of good in the soul. But the law of sin is in the flesh. So children just lie because the law of sin is in them. 
So that person, Satan as sin, is functioning as the law of sin because of there's the life of sin. And then we have the divine life in our regenerated spirit. So first we have three persons, the human, Satan, and Christ, three lives, the human life, the satanic life, and the divine life. But our goal is to realize this. With each of these three lives, there is a law, a principle that operates spontaneously, automatically, effortlessly, according to its innate ability and power. So a law is a power that by nature functions in a certain way and controls certain activities. So we try in the natural human life to do good, but remember this activates the law that. Then the life of sin in our flesh is now a law with its power, with its operation. And it operates spontaneously. It's just stirred up and does all kinds of things. But we also have the highest person, Christ as the Spirit, and the highest life, the divine life, the eternal life of God in our spirit. And with this life is the highest law. So Paul says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. We need to be enlightened through the word to see that this divine life with the highest law is in our regenerated spirit. If instead of trying to do good and to perfect ourselves, we follow Paul's word in Romans 8, 4, to walk according to the spirit, Realizing from verse 16, the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we're children of God. We simply live and walk in the Spirit. Then spontaneously, the divine life in our spirit, with the divine law, the highest law, will set us free and bring us into the triune God. Thank you, Ron, for being with us today in your fellowship. It was very helpful, and I hope you'll get back real soon. I also welcome any opportunity to come back. Call our toll-free number, which is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or request it when you write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And send us your email to radio at lsm.org. That's all for today. And we hope you'll join us for our next program as we continue to go through the life study of Romans. For Ron Kangas, I'm Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more about these two 20th century New Testament ministers, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, 
That's lsm.org. Thank you for listening today.